0: Hello and welcome to Rearview, the show where we get to chat to the fascinating people from the motoring universe, learning how they got to where they are today. I'm Andrew and this is episode 17. I'm delighted to say hello and welcome to my guest Liam Bird tonight. I shall straight away ask Liam to introduce himself as he is much more qualified to do so than I am.
1: Hello Andrew, uh, I'm Liam Bird as you said, and predominantly I write about cars, uh, all things motor related, gadgets, etc
2: etc i've even done a few recipes
0: uh, and who who is it that you write for
1: oh um uh, there's a, n- a number of things over the um, i've been doing this a little while so i've um, uh, done a number of magazines but predominantly now i write for a magazine called the bay in swansea which is uh, they've been incredibly good to me um welsh border life welsh coastal life and two websites, which are on Yorkshire
0: and Luxury. I think I will I'll stick to the convention that I normally stick to here, which is to go back in the mist of time to find out where you first or when you first got interested in cars, if you can recollect that, uh, and if anyone helped that interest along in particular. So um, is, is there a particular time you remember, um, or is there a... a a family tale around the fire in the long winter <laughs> nights that we all, they all regale themselves about. Oh, do you remember when?
1: <laughs> There's, well, there are various things that, um, that I remember and, and, and various, um, influences, if you like, but in, in which order they came, I'm not entirely sure. Um, like. Dad, we, um, I grew up in, in quite rural South Shropshire, and my, uh, my dad used to do all his own home servicing purely because you know, income wasn't particularly high, and you know, that's what people did then. I, my Sunday mornings used to smell of, of poly, you know, Izapon and, and, and spray paint and oil, and, as did <laughs> everyone else's, I think, in that year. <laughs> my first recollections, really, of cars, I think, were as a very small child uh, when dad was changing oil or repairing what was then. Uh, a uh, Vauxhall Viva HB Estate. When really he bought when my brother came along four years before me. So um, I used to stand on on a an upturned breeze block, so I could just about peer over the top of the wing or over the front grille when the bonnet was open. And I'd ask him what things did, and and and, and, and while he was, you know, frantically trying to keep this oil Vauxhall going, um, I, I guess things got explained to me. So I knew what a radiator was and a fan belt even if i didn't know as a collective what they all did and then um sometime later uh, in high school i think that i think one of the major turning points were but there's a few things around the age of when i'd be between about the ages of about 8 and 12 probably um one of my cousins built a Morris minor pickup with kind of like a, a step back pickup and and when um, custom cars were all the rage so mm-hmm. that was Red to begin with, and then it turned, then it turned bright yellow, um, and that used to go like the, the clappers, the, the, a velour a uh, uh, buttonhole interior, you know, very, very kind of early eighties custom car. Mm-hmm. And um, another, and and uh, the third thing, the thing that I, I would define, I think, probably as probably as the thing where it all clicked, was when I was in school in the first year of school, they, um, the, one of the teachers ran a, a a trip, a coach trip to Western Park for the RAC Rally, which was what would have been about 1984, I guess. And um, so we stood there just as it was becoming dusk on the Sunday on the first day.
3: Mm.
1: And Harry Watson and went through in a
3: 205
1: T16, one of the first, you know, the first Group B cars. Yeah. And yeah. it was just a blaze of spotlights and and flames from the exhaust. And well, that 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 just has an effect on an 11 year old boy that you know you. From there, there was no going back, I think. And, and, and so and I, I didn't know who these people were. And, and, and uh, it turned out that, you know, so this area, we're on a lost border, so rallying was a bit of a big thing. And, and I found out that, that people knew a little bit about it, if you understand what I mean. So you could yes. have, a I, I, to be, as someone who never excelled in sports, I could have a conversation about sports as well. So mm-hmm. that, that's where that came from. And, and, and after that, I, I just got hooked. And I, 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 um, you know, every, you know, every November after that, we, would, uh, we knew we'd be ill, if you like, from school in the third week of November. <laughs> and we'd be up in a Welsh forest, up in a Welsh forest, or up in, up in the Lake District somewhere, with two or three coats on and ten pairs of socks, you know, watching the likes of Harry Batlin and Hannu Mickler and Henry uh, Toyphan. And in what was then, you know, what they called, later defined as the Formula One of the Forests. So that 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 was what really got
0: me into it, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that would be um, quite a visceral, uh, a visceral yeah. introduction into something. I mean, you're getting all the senses uh, bombarded. Um,
1: it was it was a complete assault on the senses. As I said, it was, you know, flames from the exhaust, people going sideways, you know, cars that you'd never seen before, people that people with strange names, you know, and 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 coming home. And watching, you know, William mullard and rally rally reports on a Thursday night to, to, to suss out what the answers were, and the fact that it, um, I had um, relatives not far away from Chester as well, and some years the RAC started in Chester, mm. and and it, and if you could get up the weekend up there when it started, to, to be able to see, you know, what people that became your heroes driving up Eastgate Street, was was uh, it, it didn't get any better at the time.
0: So, um, how did this, uh, how did that translate into, um, or when did it translate a bit more into sort of road going cars? Did you, could you see the connection between the rally cars and the road going cars?
3: Yeah, I think. I mean, there the, was,
1: um, I mean, the Audi Quattro and and, and the the two or five, they were they were recognisable. The Delta right. S four was. Was just something out of this, you know, completely <laughs> out of space, almost. You know, but the the 205s, you could you could recognise those, and you and you saw adverts for at the time you you know at the time you were beginning to watch tele more and more you were allowed to stay up a little bit later, so you were seeing you know advertisements on television for fives and various things, and then that same cousin that built the Morris Minor, he was. Re- Really into rallying as well. He was, you know, or, or, or cars as well. So, um, he had a, you know, he had TVR Tamars and Lotus Sunbeams and and um, all kinds of things that I'd never heard of. And uh, and the, the the whole connection came together, if you like. Mm. And, and and lots of local garages in these areas. I mean, this is the time when you know, when the, the RAC as well as having the you know the, the top flight drivers, it was open to the clubman as well. So in, you know, this area, Castle Garage in Ludlow, for instance, you know, we used to run minis and mark two escorts. and So you, you could relate one to the other.
0: When you're in, in school, did um, this, um, I suppose if it's school children and you're, you're in, being a, remembering back into my distant past when I was a school kid, I think obsession is probably quite a right. It's quite a useful word uh, at that age. But did, did the... Um... Fascination, I think. Fascination, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Obsession and fascination—it's still there, I think.
0: Go on, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> yes, it definitely is in this corner of the internet. That's for sure. <laughs> which, is, which is why I think we inhabit it. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> yes, as I straighten the pens on my top pocket. But then, <laughs> but then you, you realise there are people out there that are much, much more uh, fascinated by certain aspects than others and you sort of you, you have to doff your cap to 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 the the levels of nerdery and uh, memory <laughs> that some have out there is amazing uh, but what i was going to ask was that uh did um your fascination in cars manifest itself in uh in your schoolwork, in the subjects you took, did it? Did you sort of then start following a path that you thought? Well, you know, maybe one day I can I can really get into doing something with cars.
1: Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, I, um, I I've, I've, I've got recollections of wanting to be an airline pilot when I was in school. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so it was all. It, it wasn't just cars. I think it was machines as a whole, really. You know, I was fascinated by how things work, and and, and uh, you, how you know huge planes stay in the air and and, and steam engines and all kinds of things. So it, so I um and one of my uncles, I'll probably mention a few uncles this evening. I've got quite you know I had quite a few and I'm from a big family. So one of my uncles had an engineering shop, at, uh, you know. So I I got into that and and, and so I did, but I tried to be well rounded. So I thought if I'm going to be a pilot, i'll do geography i'll do a language but i'll definitely do some kind of you know what they used to call cdT craft design and technology mm-hmm. you know metalwork etc cetera, et, cetera, et cetera. so i uh, yeah i tried to be as as rounded i never really really knew what i wanted to do but i but i knew cars and machines or one way or another you know that that's what that's what interested me if you like mm. and at the time you know you probably, you probably know you know there was i was you know what you were watching things like night rider and street hawk and dukes of hazard and you know there was all, all all kind of subliminal influences were there i guess
0: yes yeah um definitely you know, the technology and uh, cars or you know vehicles were definitely a, a big theme in a lot of programs that um oh, yeah. people of our generation I mean, I- would have watched a lot of.
1: Oh yeah, well we we were glued to. I think was what it boiled down to. You know, certain times of the of the week at certain times, you that was it. you know that you were allowed the television for that hour. Yeah, and 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 you watched, like I say, Chips or Airwolf or Hardcastle and McCormick. or I can go on. I will. I, you know, I won't <laughs> get into. That. So, um, when did you
0: first pass your driving test?
2: I was seventeen. I um um
1: I left it a little while actually. I I, I didn't turn immediately seventeen and then go right. I'm going to learn to drive. Mm-hmm. Everyone around me. I was in sixth form at the time. I was doing my studying for my A levels. So I was in the the uh, what would be what kind of either the first year or the second year of sixth form. And people were were um, doing A levels and I and I turned 17 in June so it was towards the end of the first year. Mm-hmm. So the first less the first lesson I had was um I was staying with my aunt and uncle again in Chester. I used to spend spend a lot of time with them. And um mm-hmm. the first lesson I had was a 2 hour lesson with BSM actually around Chester. Mm-hmm. And I remember getting back to their place after t- Two hours, and I was exhausted. I thought, "My God, how do people do this for You know, day after day, hour after
0: hour." Oh, I'm glad it wasn't just me then, because <laughs> I did something similar, and I came dripping and <laughs> shattered.
1: Yeah, and, and in awe of people who you know you could, you know, you could do this, and then, and then um, so I left a little while, and then I came back to. Shropshire again for the, you know, the second year of the sixth form uh, would be about the October time. And a guy said to me, you know, some friends in school said, oh, this is a really good guy. Who, you know, God bless him, a guy called Christopher Finnegan, who, who, who um, was my driving instructor. And he said, he's really good. And uh, yeah, I passed my test first time in Shrewsbury. So I think I started in the October and finished in March, I think the following March
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a fiesta. would it be a, a Mark III fiesta.
0: I don't want to go through your car history just yet.
1: I we, we won't, have, honestly. I, you could do a whole other program on that, Andrew. And I, I can assure you of that.
0: <laughs> but what I want to what I want to continue though is um, you said you were doing your A levels. Was that uh, to go on and uh, go off to university, or was that um, to then go off and get a job?
2: A job, I think. I think. I think.
1: Um, I didn't at the end of. What GCSEs it was, we were the first year to do GCSEs, so if anyone out there knows when that was, they can age me now.
0: Well, no, I can, um, I'm exactly the same as you. I'm one year behind oh, you, actually. Oh, okay. All right, well, we'll keep that secret. Yes. Um,
2: uh, 1985. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay.
0: No, no, uh, that's when we were born. That's what I'm saying. I'll pretend I'm a millennial. Okay.
1: No, no, That's slightly earlier than that. it? <laughs> uh we were yeah uh, what, what what so uh a levels i did um physics chemistry and geography i got about halfway through um chemistry with the teacher that i got on with really well and i went to see him and i said is there any you know let's be honest is there any real chance of me passing this and he said mm-hmm. so i dropped chemistry and I, <laughs> I i i continued with with physics because of the engineering side because of, uh, you know, the, the how things work side. Mm. And I continued with geography because um, geography was, as well as the environmental studies of geography, there was a lot of industry and regeneration, urban regeneration, which which interested me. Mm. So, uh, so I went with that, but I don't know whether or not I actually ever thought I would go into university. I think by the time half, halfway through, I'd, I'd learned to drive and, learn, and learned all the fascinations with that, and I was using study leave to kind of pilfer breakers yards for bits for cars, and uh, and um, I think it went out of the window
0: to be honest with you, and I ended up eventually taking a job via a family member. How did you get into writing about cars then? From from though from there, and, and yeah, and how how long ago was it that you started writing about cars?
1: well I think, I think even in my english class in, in school there was influences of cars because I was in school I was writing I was reading fast lane and performance car and basically any car well, magazine
0: you know any right minded person would be you know yeah
1: yeah and, ba- and and basically any kind of um any car magazine that my paper round would uh, you know allowed me to buy at the end of the week really um but um i remember Oh, years before I, I I've been writing about cars now for about five and a half six years I think, but um, I remember entering a competition in Classic Cars magazine long long before that, and it was the first prize. You as a write I think it was a thousand words on the Mille Miglia, and the first prize was to join Classic Cars on the forthcoming Classic Mille Miglia. And follow the event, which to me was a utopia. Which, you know, it would have really been <laughs> that was that was the perfect prize.
3: Mm. And I
1: came third. I came. I came third. So I um, and I got a letter back from the editor thanking me for my entry. So I was chuffed a bit. I, and I didn't. And it was always there. It was always well. You know, I, you know, I fancy having a go in this, and I don't really know how, or I don't really know even you know how you. How do people do it? How do they break into it? Et cetera, et cetera. Mm. So cut a long story short, a few years later, my brother, who is um, a brilliant chef, uh, you know, was writing a a food column called the bird table. Funnily enough. Ha ha. And I said to him, I said, I don't suppose your editor wants someone to do car, to do cars, does he? And he went, Oh, I'll ask him. And, I thought, yeah, you know, you will. Of course you will. Anyway, it came back. Eventually, his editor contacted me and said, I've heard you'd like to write something about cards. Here's a load of notes that I've been working on because I just simply haven't got the time to write them. Write them. If it's any good, we'll print it. If it's no good, fine. No problem. Well, I might be able to drag something out of it myself. So I wrote it, and he came back to me, and he said, that's very good. He said, you obviously know a little bit. You know you know your stuff. And uh, he said, if you don't mind, I'm going to edit it slightly he goes, I hadn't written anything in ages. And it went into a little um bi-monthly magazine called Board of Business. He sent me the PDF back of the page, which was um it was a uh, BMW five series against the, the Jag FF XF, sorry, when it, the Jag XF came out. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was it. I thought, great, I've done it now. And he sent me my page back with my name on it. And I genuinely thought, right, I've scratched that itch. That's fine. But when he sent it back, he put a little, you know, little footnote on it, he said, Fancy doing the Astra next. And that was it. <laughs> so that went yeah, every out every, every other month in a little kind of, um, not a very thick little magazine called Border Business, done from Border Publishing in Osworth Street, and, that, and that's what got me going.
0: From there, how, how long was it before other publications picked you up or did you approach other people? How did, how did that work?
1: I, I, um, I pestered people. To be honest, Um, after after a few after the I did the Astra, and then for the third one, I said I said to the editor I'm I'm terribly sorry I think his name was Dan I can't really remember Um, I said to him Would you mind if I did the next one? And he said No, not at all. He said What would you like to do? And I said Well, being because of my interest I said Can I do the Porsche Panamera? Said businessmen buy you know these kinds of cars. Mm -hmm. He said certainly. He said and I said Well. So the notes that he'd sent me previously on the on the Jaguar and the BMW and the Astra were off news press. Okay. So um, I I I looked onto News Press and, and and you know got delving around on news press. And um, every time that one of my articles, if you like, one of my, my my pieces on cars was produced, they were sending me back the PDFs. So I I got Proof of my work, if you like, you know, I, I, I was building up ever so slowly a, a little bit of a portfolio. For you know, it sounds very grand. I had two or three PDFs. Let's not get carried away. And um, <laughs> and uh, I, I I sat and and googled different people and, and and you know looked for little magazines and said, you know, dear sir, you dear sir, dear madam, you you don't know who I am. You you, you probably never heard of me. But this is an example of my work. Would you like someone to to do motoring copy? And 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 I and I got going like that, or I rang people and 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 you know asked them whether or not they needed motoring copy. And um, one of the ones that came up was a magazine called Life in the Marches, which is you know I live in the Shropshire Marches, and and uh, a lady there called Heidi said yes, yeah, she said we'd like you know a, a page a month on different cars. So and and it went from there. So with that. And with examples of my work, I discovered on news press that all of the manufacturers,
0: press offices' details are on there. I know. It was amazing uh, when I stumbled across that.
1: It is. It, it, it's like it's... It's, it's like, it, it, it's, it, it's almost like discovering the ring in Lord of the Rings, if you like, yes.
0: and, and it becomes... I mean, because you, you have to register and you have to, uh, they yeah. have to judge whether you are a um, suitable person um, enough to, be to, on to have access to this information. So, you know, not just anybody can get a hold of it, um, which I think is why it it is so open and, you know, the information is so so um, yeah. freely available once you are registered. Um, but yeah. I, th- I think from, from what you were just describing there, if there's anybody who's thinking about getting into uh, any form of writing about uh, what you- a product of any type, I think there was a, it was a very valuable lesson on how to do it. Is you is you did it in a very measured way, and you but you did it in a it, it was all done in a very grown up way. Because I mean, th- th- when we record this, Drive Tribes has been out quite. It's only been launched quite recently, and I've seen. Um, the odd tweet from PR people. They're saying just because you're not on, just because you've got your Drive Tribe leave doesn't necessarily mean we can lend you our top of the range supercar. Oh, no. You know, no, the, the, has- this is what the the whole uh, you know just just because you have a WordPress a free WordPress site doesn't mean anybody is going to listen to you or uh, thinks you should be loaned a car. You know, the, the, there is two sides. To this story there is one that you would like to write about it and you think you've got a way of saying it that others aren't but then equally the manufacturer or the and the publication in this instance so there's three here but the um the manufacturer needs to get something out of it you know and we have to be grown up and adult about all this and understand that that's what the case is because it's it's a business for people
1: oh absolutely isn't it you know you don't, don't ever take anything for granted
0: no absolutely it,
1: not. If, if, were, were it not you know i'm under no illusion that if it were were it not for, uh, you know, a plethora of people that are, that are, I, you know, now consider if you like friends, if you like, or, you know, at least associates people that I get on with, you know, people that I can, I can talk to, but, but without them, you know, you, you, I simply wouldn't be doing this. It's that, you know, it is that simple. and hmm. don't I, it, So, yeah. So, but, the, um, back to the, the news press thing, eventually I, I contacted, um, Volkswagen, a lady at Volkswagen, and said, and with the same kind of email, if you like, you know, dear madam, you've not got a clue who I am. Um, you've probably never heard of Border Business or, or Life in the Marches magazine, but here's a few examples of my work. Would you consider lending me, at the time it was the, the, the new Polo, because I'd had a Polo myself, and it was a car, you know, the car I liked, and I thought, well, it's not, um, it's not a supercar. I'm not asking for anything silly. You know, would you consider lending me a sensible little car for me to review? And she came back to me and she said yes. And I and I sat there agog, You know, and I got back to her and I said, "Well, okay, fine." I said, "But I said I've no idea, I've no idea how this works." I said, "Is it insured? Well, you know, what do I do? Do I need to collect it?" And she went through the whole process with me and talked me through it. And I, and and I still see her. I still know her, and I still thank her when I see her.
0: Mm. I uh, yeah, exactly the same thing. Uh, again, um, I, the first, the first time we were loaned a car, I, I was like, look, I'm really sorry, but I have no idea how this works. What happens next? Uh, yeah. and, um, you know, everybody that we've, we've been lucky enough to deal with on this, uh, on this podcast has been lovely about it all. Um. Uh, and has you know talked us through it. And has been very kind in in loaning cars um, and in, in the way that it's all been dealt with. It's been it's been excellent. But yeah, again, it was it was a, another gobsmacking moment of oh okay yeah. <laughs> okay. And I think I, I mean I don't know whether that's because we're a bit older when we ventured into this. Mm. Um. So I don't think there was um. Not not that I'd, I'd suggest that either of us are. Um arrogant in any way, but there was no presumption no absolutely
1: not um, no, no I, I, you know i there wasn't I worked on the principle that if you know I got to the point where i thought well if if i don't ask i' i won't get and people aren't gonna come to me hmm. you know people aren't going to find me i've I, i've got i've gotta have enough confidence, and the beauty of of, of email is you know it's it's far easier to to write a nicely worded email than it is to pick the phone up and go excuse me um uh uh would you uh, uh you know and, and 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 that's what i did yeah so and um one thing led to another really
0: so um how how long did it take before you were writing for all the uh publications you're writing for now was it did that happen quite rapidly or did you again take that- it in measured steps right i'm i'm writing for two or three. Now I I want to find another one or was it, or were they connected with each other? How how did that, how did that occur for you?
2: Well, but um,
1: I wrote for, I wrote for board of business for, for, Oh, I think I did five or six issues, but like I say, they were bi-monthly. So that was probably, you know, 14 months or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And then that magazine got swallowed
2: up into, um, a couple of other magazines
1: in border publishing, and and I was superfluous then. You know, they they didn't want a, a motoring uh, page. Yeah. So yeah. I so by which time, like I say, I was writing for a lady called Heidi with, and she had Life in the Marches and Why Valley Life magazine. So she she run she was running
2: those, and she sold those to
1: um, Archin. Well, which and Archant were, you know, they're the, like the county life magazines, if you understand. So there you got Shropshire Life, Warwickshire Life, Worcestershire Life, you know, put a county at life magazines, if you like, and they're based in Shelton. And when, she's, when she sold them, I got an email saying, look, you know, there's going to be no more life in the marches. There's going to be no more Wide Valley life. And I thought, oh, and I, again, I thought, well, that's it. I've, you know, I've done it. I've got my pages and that's it. But it turned out, she said, "Well, you're the only one of the only people they wanted to keep on." <laughs> so I thought, "Oh, which is my rather God. nice to hear." <laughs> which was 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 incredibly flattering because you know even now I still some sometimes, you know I've sat on launches and, and you know sat at dinner in the evening and I thought, "Well, why am I here when there's all these people around me that I've heard of, you know that that I've been reading for years," mm. and and so there's an element of why me, so. um they kept me on and that's so why I was then in Shropshire life um Worcestershire life Warwickshire life by default I found myself in Yorkshire life and all kinds of things and that went on for a little while and um again I wasn't sure I thought well okay if I you know I, I'd like to see how many people would you know would like my stuff if you like and I suppose subconsciously I thought well the more columns i've got, the more cars I can get. I have to admit there was an element of that mm. um, so I approached people and with again with examples of my work because everyone every time something was printed with my name on it i I asked for the PDF of the page back to,
3: mm-hmm.
1: as well to send to the manufacturer to say, "Look, this is the coverage i've given you yeah you know yeah. this is, this is the magazine that it's in. Thank you very much um, so I approached um on Yorkshire, a guy called Matt, Matt Callard who runs on Yorkshire website and pestered him because, uh, you know, initially he didn't want, he wasn't interested in cars. He's not a guy that's interested in cars. And and he came back to me the other day after me writing for him for four years, I think, and he said, you know, he said, every car decision he said I've ever made has been based on what what you've written. No pressure, Liam. No pressure. Damn scary, no to be honest. <laughs> and, and the other people, and, and um, again with Love Shrewsbury, I said, would you be interested and I met the editor, uh, the then editor, the guy that's doing it now. I've ne- I've never actually met him. We've only communicated by email. And um, so, um, and I was sending, you know, sending stuff in. But th- and one afternoon, it was a, a rainy afternoon here at home, and and I was, um, I think I was writing something. And you, you you know yourself, you get so far, and sometimes you just stop. And I, and I. Um, I started Googling, you know, little lifestyle magazines because that's what I thought that's, was was what I was in, if you like. Mm. And um, I contacted a magazine called The Bay in Swansea, and I said, Would you know, sent them an email. I said, look, again, same thing. These are a few examples of my work. And within 10 minutes, the phone rang up, and, she said, and Leslie there, Leslie and Simon Williams, who I can't thank enough, rang me up within 10 minutes and said, yes, you're exactly what we're looking for. We've been looking for someone to do this. Can you be our motoring writer? And I've been with them ever since.
3: Excellent.
1: And, and then a little while later, the people who were doing uh, border publishing in Oswestry, Street, who do Welsh Border Life now and Welsh Coastal Life, they said we're changing the names of our magazines. We're going to do, we're turning them to Welsh Border Life, Welsh Coastal Life. We'd like to reintroduce motoring again. Would you be our motoring writer? And 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 that's where it's that's why I'm with the titles I'm with now. I've done other things. I've done things for you know the city magazine and canary wharf magazine i've done things on classic cars for um a magazine called upward curve which i believe is, is a, a um an in-flight magazine somewhere i don't know where and i, and I just contacted people and said would you like motor and copy you know would you be interested etc cetera, etc cetera.
0: no uh, I mean, again again that's another it, it's reinforcing the message of you you have to make the effort yeah. People don't come to you um and if you do it in the right manner and it is something that people are after, then you know things it you know it could it could work out well for you so,
1: oh, so I mean uh, for every for every one person that says yes there are you know there are a thousand that say no you, you, you it, it, and and you've got to be able to think well okay fair enough you know and and you you know if you if you're on launch you, you find out or you go to one of the you know yourself if you go to one of the SMMT days, you see, you realise that there's an you know that there is quite a few people doing this. There's a big group of people that come, turn up in the morning, mm. so, and so yeah, and and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm quite um, I don't know proud. I think I feel pri- privileged. I think to be part of it, even if it's just a small way. To be honest,
0: yeah, it's
1: something that yeah. I, something even back in school I thought. Well, you know, I know people do this. How do they do it? Uh, and I've count uh, in my own little tiny way. I hope I found a way in. I guess.
0: Yeah, I see. So, do, does the freelancing? Oh dear! So I'm going to use Buzzword here. Lifestyle sit well with you. Is that is that how you'd like it to carry on? Or in an ideal world, would you do motoring writing full time? Um, I
2: don't.
1: No, I think if the right thing came along and and it, it felt right and and <laughs> it paid the mortgage, et cetera, et cetera. I think yes, maybe maybe. Um I've done uh, but that the other thing is it's the way I do it at the moment, I do it on my own terms. I don't have any particular deadlines I've got to hit. No one's asking me to book a particular car in, in any, you know. Real reason I send a list in and say, look, I've I've got this, 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 and this. Which would you like? Or I've, um, in certain respects, that I I put it on, you know, certain websites myself. I've got access, and I, you know, I do it all from here. Mm. Um, and it's a release. It's 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 something completely different to what I do full time. And and um, it's still that escapism. I guess I still I think it's still that hip, that that kick that I got when I was you know a kid.
0: Yeah, because um, it, it is it, it is outside your normal nine to five. Um, yeah. So it, it's a case of making it uh, fit in with everything else, which um, which sometimes I would imagine is a bit of a, a struggle when it comes to invites to launches and things like that.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, I I, I don't um, I don't get an awful lot of invitations. I mean, I'm I'm in the Welsh group of Motion writers through various channels you know, and i'm in the guild i'm an associate member of the guild which you know i'm incredibly proud of i don't you know there is an element sometimes of why me so but when a when a when a when a launch invitation comes along which you know sounds all, all very grand and I, I i do get invitations and, I, and I, you know and, and i um and i've been lucky i've been some you know, some very good ones but um you can't i can't do that many of them and I will get back to people, and I'll, you know, I'll say to them, "Look, I'm terribly sorry." And and more often than not, a manufacturer will get any, you know, will get a, a polite um, no off me that says, "Due to other commitments, I'm afraid I can't come."
0: Mm. I want to come on to the launches in a minute, but something I want okay. to, I want to um, uh, ask first. When you, so do you? sit there and think, right, these are the cars I'd like to test because I think they would – Do you, well, sorry, there's going to be two questions here. First one is, when you select cars to test, are you doing it because it is um, primarily cars you're interested in trying out or is it because there's they are cars that you think uh, the various readers or publications will be particularly interested in?
1: Both really um because i've got a good relationship with my editors in the print magazines charlotte at Border board of publishing and, and, and leslie at, at the bay but it's a two-way thing they might ask me if i can get you know if i if i've got access to certain because fundamentally that's what it is access to certain press fleets mm-hmm. so last year the, um last year no the year before I was asked whether or not I could get a a Volkswagen camper van because it's the perfect thing for Welsh coast magazine. Yes. So uh, there's an element of that. Um, um, And I might get told I might, you know, certain manufacturers have been incredibly good to me and I've, I've driven cars that cost more than the house. Um, (laughs) And um, eventually after you know, certain magazines have had, I've had one or two of those. They might say, Liam, calm down. Can we not just have a five thousand pound hatchback, please? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: yeah, not not everybody can, is is in the market yeah, for that. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. These are very nice. You know, they they make sport boys go weak at the knees.
0: Yeah.
1: but but yeah, you know, but some of our readers did you know the are they their dream cars? You know, so yeah. would you S- something to go you... to the shops is perhaps a bit more what they're after. Yeah could you could you find us something you know cheap and cheerful and simple but but a little bit quirky you know and and i'm i'm interested in the quirky stuff if you like because of my interest because of, of this all-absorbing thing that you know is, is cars there's 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 two things but i i like i like you know the flash stuff that used to cover my walls as a teenage boy
3: mm-hmm.
1: and i like small hatchbacks I, I i always have my history is in small hatchbacks really it's the it's the Executive kind of mid range business saloons that i i've never been able to be particularly excited about
3: mm-hmm.
0: okay um so that leads me on then to to uh, another question I wanted to ask you when you're testing a car yep. is is there a particular aspect that you are always trying to hunt out and see if it's there, or are you be uh, you taking just a general uh, view of the car and seeing how it? God, this is going to sound so well, uh, hmm. so hippie-ish, but how it feels and how it comes across and communicates with you. Is there a particular way you like to um, to, yeah. to, to review?
2: I don't like. I suppose part of the reason that that I wanted to write was.
1: I don't like the kind of regurgi- regurgitated press release review, if you understand what I mean. Mm. That that lists the prices, the specs, whether or not you can get the golf clubs in the boot, and prices start from. Mm. I, you know, they're 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 dry, if you like, to, for my opinion. Although sometimes you know that that's what's needed. That's what people want. I yeah. appreciate that. So, but to me, it's always been, um, I suppose there's, there's an underlying element with, you know, if I had the money, if if I was in a position to afford this car, would I buy it? Would mm-hmm. would I buy this or would I buy something else? And why would I
2: buy this one over something else?
3: Yeah. Okay. So
2: you're
0: taking each on its merit, but. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, what, and what- But my, is this? Is this worth- my money uh, yeah okay no i'm i'm yeah. with you i can i can totally understand that then that makes perfect sense yeah to me.
3: if if
1: if i had so and so pounds you know so and so amount of pounds and i went into my showroom for instance and and i viewed this and i and i and i walked around it and i looked at it and i thought to myself okay i need a new car would i buy this one and is this is this one Better, or in which way is this one better, or more comfortable, or, or more practical than the one that is a similar size for similar money in the showroom next door?
0: Okay, that that makes perfect sense. And I think yeah. that's a, a, a very, I think it's a very good and balanced way to uh, to approach it. Um, yeah, no, I, I like that. I like that. So you mentioned before that you've been on uh, a few. You've managed to get on a few launches. Um, what's yeah. what's the uh, I'm not going to say the best or worst but I'm going to say well, what's been the most amazing launch you've been on. Oh for, gonna, you they're pers- they're- for you personally not not what not maybe not necessarily the car or what came out at the end of it but just just the for you personally. Okay well, when I when I um when
1: I joined the Welsh Group of Motor Racers um uh, uh, a guy there one of the first guys I've met from the group said to me, so, whatever you do, said, don't turn down Land Rover launches, which was one of the pieces of advice he gave me. And um, I went on a, a, um, a Range Rover Sport launch a little while ago when it came out, and we ended up driving a Range Rover Sport through a 747. As one does. As one does. <laughs> uh, and that was at Kemble Airport in Gloucestershire, and they had full use of the runway as well. So it being the sport, they had to prove to us how fast it was. So we, so we, and there wasn't a slight element of competition, obviously, because as you know, you pair up on launches and you probably pair up with someone you know or someone you've got to know over the course of a couple of days. So um, I broke my own personal speed limit then. So I've done 151 miles an hour down Kemble Airport, airport and I've driven a Range Rover Sport through an aeroplane. <laughs> so uh, uh, for, for the surreal because launches are, are, are surreal things anyway. Um, you know, there's an element of entertainment in them. You're, you're there to be seduced, really. You know, let's be honest. So for for the whole seduction element of it, um, that's certainly one of the highlights. Another one, without without trying to sound too grand, a one that I, I I I I couldn't turn down because the the 13 year old boy you know that still exists would have never ever have forgiven me if I did <laughs> and I was the uh I I was lucky enough last year to go to Tenerife for 24 hours to drive the McLaren 570 GT
0: yeah I can see how the 13 year old in you would never have forgiven you
1: no that, that I, seems I, quite special I would have spent the next I would have spent as long as I've been alive
2: kicking myself if I'd have not gone on that one so
1: it was a drop everything moment, you know. Yes. Yeah, I I couldn't not do that, and I, and again it was not a complete why me moment. It was I remember walking, you know, into the into the hotel, into the, the top floor of the hotel, and they'd lifted a 570 GT onto the roof, and I remember walking in and I thought, well, what on earth am I doing here? Why 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 am I here? You know, why what? And I'm still trying to work it out. I don't know why I got the email for that one,
0: but you don't care really
1: either
2: well, i was there
1: i did it I, I did it i took the photographs i wrote the story i even called the story you know the, the article i called the article because tenerife is known as as the island of eternal spring i found out because you always do a little bit of research of where you go and i called the article 24 hours on the island of eternal spring and that's what it was and you know it was a, a four-hour flight from manchester on a sunday afternoon um, and a four-hour flight back, more or less exactly at the same time, the same, you know, in the afternoon the next day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: But I couldn't, have, I couldn't have not done it.
3: Yeah.
2: And and was the car uh, amazing?
1: Well, funny enough, I was having a conversation the other day with with a colleague of mine, and he said he said, well, um, he'd been watching a YouTube review of of new, you know, the 570s, I think, and he said. Um, he said, well, what's it like? And I said, well, I said, up until, I think, it, I can't remember which month it was, I think it was May. I said, up until May of 2016, I said, if I'd have won six numbers on the lottery, I said, I'd have been on the first pl- flight to Stuttgart. I said, I'd have bought a 911 and I'd have followed it down the line watching it being built. <laughs> it was still, still that fascination. I said, I'd have, I would have walked down the line until it was ready. I said, I've always wanted one. That's you know. I said, but now I said, I'm not entirely sure if I'd stop at Wilking first to order a five seventy GT.
0: <laughs> that is high praise then. That is high praise indeed.
2: Yeah,
1: they, they, they just they. I've been lucky. I've driven a few I, without trying to sound grandiose or anything. I, I, again, I, I don't know why, but I've been, been I've been very lucky. I've driven a few McLarens, and they seem to fit. It doesn't matter who gets in them. You seem to be able to fit fit them almost like a like a you know a bespoke suit. You can get them millimetric perfect, and you and you seem to be cupped and held in them perfectly, and they're just beautiful. So yeah, without eulogising too much, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure now whether or not I'm a if, whether or not I'm a 911 man or I'm a, a 570 GT man.
0: That's it. It's a tough tough quandary.
1: You're yeah. gonna have to work out there. But I could, a bit, my partner, Becky, will tell you that I'm, I still subscribe to motorsport. I still subscribe to car. And, and um, you know, I can spend a lottery win just looking through the adverts in the back.
3: So,
1: like I say, it's an incurable disease, cars.
0: <laughs> it is. It is. Well, talking of cars, then, let's see um, your car history then. What was the first okay. car that you. Uh, I'm going to start with this one because this. Um, When I first came up, thought about the question, I I phrased it wrong. But uh, what was the first car you drove after passing your test, and was that your first car? No. Okay.
2: The first car. Um.
1: The first car I drove after passing my test, I know this is a cliche, was actually the car that I passed my test in. Okay. Was the Fiesta? (laughs) Was it was the Fiesta because. Um I passed my test in in Shrewsbury or or some people say Shrewsbury I think it depends which side of the river you're from. Um I passed my test there and the tradition was that the that, that's 30 miles from where I live. We, you know I live in a in a rural area. And the tradition was that the driving instructor drove you back after you passed your test. So I insisted I said no 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 I said I've passed my test. I said I'm driving back. I said and we're taking the L plates off. <laughs> and 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 he was a nice guy. He was re- you know, a really nice guy, and he let me do it. So I drove the Fiesta back. Then the second car was at the time my dad had um, a Talbot Alpine, you know, the biggest big hatch.
3: Yeah,
1: and that was, I think, that was the second car I, I drove because um, it was insured and it was taxed. But in the garage at, at my mum and dad's place um before i passed my test i um i persuaded my mother who was funding my brother's kind of um university education because i didn't go to university i said you know i i, I begged stealed and borrowed and saved up a little bit of money and i persuaded her to to help me out and there was a hillman imp and my, my so my first car was a hillman imp
0: and did you uh, fettle with that modify in any way Kept-
1: not really. I mean, it was it, it, it had been pretty fettled. Well, I think it was quite. It was it was on its last legs, to be perfectly honest with you. But it was mine. Yes. It, you know, it it was mine. It was it was. It's like getting your first push bike, isn't it? You know, you can go beyond the village if you like, <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, you can go a little bit further. And um, it was it 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 was black at the bottom, up until what's known, you know, the crease in the door, the suede line, if you like. Mm. And then it was orange above that, and it had Dunlop safety alloy wheels on it, and it was on its last legs. The seats, the the brakes were scary. The seats, the, all the padding had come out of the seats. But like I say, it was mine, and and what it represented was was far greater than what it looked like.
0: Yes. So what did you move on to next?
1: Um. Well, the the I had the imp. The imp lasted until I got my first job, which was um. In Queensferry in North Wales, working for an, uh, uh, an uncle, and that, that was my phone. I just I just hung up.
2: Um, <laughs> so, so um, then I, I I
1: bought a mini. Then I had a Mini Thousand, past the roof in it. Yeah. So that, that that's um, then I had a Mini, and then it it grew from there.
0: Um, that's a, that's a bit of a drive though. Did you move up towards Queensferry? or? Yeah, I moved up. Yeah, I, oh, I, okay. I, again. I, I, I moved there. It's, it's, it's about 70 miles. Yeah, I was going to say, there was a heck of a commute otherwise. <laughs>
1: no, no, I drove, I drove up one, yeah, one summer holidays to get a job in the summer with my uncle, and I ended up staying there five years.
0: After the Mini, what did you move on to then?
1: I had an MG Metro.
3: Ooh.
1: Uh, yeah, at a red MG Metro, I think, because um, I think this goes back to the... the, the you know, the stuff in the rallying. Uh, I was going <laughs> to because it connects I could relate that to a 6R4 in one way or another, although, the, you know, the differences are, are extreme. I had an MG Metro, and then um, after the MG Metro, I had a a white 205XS, which I guess was my kind of Ari Vatanen moment,
0: uh, <laughs> which goes back to that. That... Um, not that you're developing a theme here at all in any way no no, 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 no <laughs> that, that got well well, wait
1: wait till what a 106, oh6 Persia 106 rally came there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Is this making the circle complete
1: <laughs> I don't know, I don't know the, the in Lemster had it as a demonstrator, and I remember driving down to see it, and it was it was after the excess, I mean the excess was beautiful they, they were a great little car, they really were, and I had the big the big sunroof in it. Mm. which was, and it was, oh God, for it, yeah, I was 21. And it really was, it was, you know, to me, it was a luxury car. It was unbelievable. Uh, but I remember going to look at the rally, and the rally had steel wheels and, and practically nothing in it. And it made a hell of a din. when You know, at 70 mile an hour, it was, it was doing nearly 4,000 RPM at 70 mile an hour. But, but I, for some reason, I had to have it. It had red carpets and, and white wheels and a and big stripe up the side of it. So I so I shopped the the excess in for that, and then um, it goes on. I mean, as I worked out the other day that I have had eighteen cars, and 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 it, um, that got swapped for a, a moment of complete madness and something I'll never forgive myself for. I I bought a um, a black Corsa SRI, which was dreadful. It was just <laughs> it was it was awful. And it put me off voxels for life. I could go on, and but various golfs have, have have passed through these, you know, these garage doors. I've had a Porsche 924, um, an Audi A2. I kept a Dolomite Sprint for years that, that, that one of my uncles left left me. And yeah, I've had various things. So,
2: what have you got now then? I've got a Yeti. All right. I've got thanks. a soda Yeti. I, I had a. Um, Couple uh, two years ago, I had a,
1: uh, I had a golf a Mark Six Golf um, TSA one point four with the turbo one, and I couldn't get on with it. Like I, for some reason, I I I just couldn't gel with it. And I saw um I saw the Yeti for sale, and and the Yeti when it came out was the second was after the Polo that we were talking about earlier. Hmm. The Yeti was the second press car I ever had, and I had one long you know. Almost as soon as it came out, people stopped in the street and were walking around it. And that was the first kind of press car effect that I, I felt, if you like. I thought, well, you know, this, I'm, I'm onto something. I've got stuff that people haven't seen, if you like.
3: Yeah.
1: And, and, and I was so impressed with the Yeti then, I thought, well, when they become affordable, I'm going to buy one. And I, and I bought one with higher miles than the Golf, knowing that I probably wouldn't use it as much because I've got press cars. So over the time that I've had it, the mileage has probably come back in line with its age.
0: No, I think they uh, they look cracking because they're different. Um, mm, that's what I like about it. and, and, and it's, uh, which follows your quirky thing that you mentioned earlier. Um, well, no,
1: no, I mean it's it,
0: it's it's it fits in a garage, which is
1: always a bonus. Yeah. It's, it's not, you know, it's 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 actually slightly. It, um, I can tell you now that they're actually slightly narrower than a Mark Six Golf, so it fits in the garage easily. Um, it's it's got enough four-wheel drive ability that was proved to me at an SMMT day for than i ever than I am ever going to use probably. Mm. I mean, you know, we get snow in these parts, but we don't get anywhere near the BBC, so we're going to have. <laughs> and and um, it's got a detachable tow bar for a trailer that I've never bought. Um, it seats five. It's it you know it looks fine. It does fifty to the gallon if I drive it carefully. It drives quite nicely. You sit slightly higher. Yeah, maybe maybe I'm getting older, but you know I don't know what I'd change it for. I'm, I'm, I'm part of it, I've had it two years now. I'm thinking, do I, you know, do I change it? But I, I don't know what for.
2: Mm. Yeah, it, it it
0: yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you on that one. Yeah. Um. Well, I think we're coming to the point where I'm going to ask my quick fire questions. Okay, uh, And I will uh, begin this section, as I do every week, with trying to a bit of self-talk here, where I will ask you the question, allow you to answer the question. I will not then interject. That is the idea. I've yet to follow that through. And then we'll move on to the next <laughs> question. <laughs> okay. Right, so I'm going to start with uh, the first one, which is, what currently excites you about the motoring world?
1: The diversity of it. It's still ever changing. Every time you pick a magazine up, every time you you go onto Twitter, every time you, you you know you put a program on, there's something new. There's there's a new quirk. There's there's a new story. There's dieselgate. There's you know Fiat have just um, been hauled over the coals for their diesel emissions. There's. Um, New technologies. There's the, the um, River Simple's hydrogen car. is fascinates me because it does something completely different. Again, there's always something new. There's always, someone's always developing something.
0: I like that answer. So, what currently uh, worries you about the merging world?
1: Well, I thought about this. Autonomous cars scare me to death. Not because they're autonomous. Not because they're automatic. Not because they they do things for certain people. They are great that they you know they will prove to be the the brilliant a brilliant solution but i used to be a long time ago in the depths of time i used to be a driving instructor and i think if autonomous cars come along a lot of people are going to lose skills very quickly um we've got you know these days like I say i used to be an, an instructor and i find reversing cameras and reversing sensors just such a joy you know, but I realize now that when I get in something without them, I've become slightly dependent on them. Mm. So I think autonomous, I think autonomous cars are going to take away people's skills.
0: Yes. I I will not get on a hobby horse over that. Um, I will, I will move on to the next question. I'm I'm trying to be very good. I am. (laughs) Uh, What's been your favorite car to drive and why was that? I had, um,
1: I don't know if I've got a favorite. I've got, I've got, Many experiences, a guy called Phil Llewellyn who wrote The Road to Mock Flugger, started off by saying, you know, it's not what you do. It's not the car. It's what you do with it. So um, I don't know if I've got a favorite, but, you know, on a beautiful day, a Morgan up the march is, is lovely, um, a Morgan three-wheeler on a beautiful summer's day. is just, oh, you, you can't, you know, it's beautiful. It's, it's lovely. It's got, you know, wind in your hair. Come back with bugs in your teeth and a sunburnt face. It's great, <laughs> but on a but on a Friday night when you've got to go to the Lake District, you know, in a hurry, a Volkswagen Passat Alltrack is a far better proposition. Um, on a sunny day in Tenerife, a five hundred and seventy GT is lovely. When you want to do the weekly shop and you want to take your mum with you, the Yeti that you keep in the garage is equally as good.
0: Okay, I like that answer. That's uh, yeah. No, I. I... I like that one. We have not heard that
1: before. I think the best best car is the one that suits you for what you want it to do at the time you need to do it.
0: Okay. I like that. That's that's good. I like that. We'll keep that one. We'll keep that. Okay. So what's been your – I don't know if you can answer this then – your least favourite car to drive, and why was that?
1: Oh, two. The least favourite car – no, I can answer that. The least favourite car probably harks back to that Corsa – because I spent my own money on it and it came after a one Oh six rally, which was brilliant. And it was such a disappointment. It was, I I couldn't wait to get rid of it.
0: I know someone uh, who bought a a Corsa and they were just deeply unhappy, basically for the entire time they had it until they moved and got something else.
1: I was, I I was depressed for about 18 months. I was really depressed, Uh, but the worst car I've driven recently or as, to, to review, if you like, was the Chrysler Ypsilon? It's just dreadful. <laughs> it's based on a Fiat 500 and how you can get, and I like the Fiat 500s. It's part of the reason why I based, which I, I booked the Ypsilon. I thought it was, you know, again, quirky, a little bit different. It, people would be interested in it. And I can't work out how they took something that is fundamentally a very good little car and made it that bad.
0: I, I shake my head when I see them. Um, but fortunately i've never had the misfortune to drive one save yourself the trouble Andrew. don't bother well, i'm not going to it's all right I'm not <laughs> <going to. laughs> um which car would you like to own next
1: ah uh, there's there are many like it goes back to like I said you know money no object i could i could fill a, uh, an aircraft hangar um but um i'd love a proper traditional land rover a series 1 or a series 2 because it uh, uh, one of the first things I drove was, was a Series Three Land Rover, and when I did work experience in school, I did work experience with Land Rovers, and I just love the shape. I think the design is perfect. Or um, again, if, the, if more money came my way, I'd love a uh, a Nine Eleven, but the Nine Nine Three, the last of the air cooled Nine Nine Threes. Nothing fancy, just two wheel drive, rear wheel drive, manual gearbox, fine.
2: But uh, yeah, I think that shape was just beautiful.
0: Thank you. Uh, what is your favorite road to drive on
1: uh, again I've got a few um because of where i live i'm I'm quite lucky i'm surrounded by some rather nice roads um the a forty four from Worcester up to the Elon valley is is lovely and that goes up through Kington up towards Radar. and that that it flows and it and, it, and it's open and there's some nice stretches on it um the I think it's the a four seventy you say the a four seventy up past the Trasphaneth power station and then take the right and go down towards Betiscoid and meet the the A5 at coid I love that road. Yes, it's that it's changed. Nice. It, it's changed quite a lot when I originally drove it. You know, it, it, it was a completely different road to how it is now, but it's still the, the feel of it is still there. And then uh, a third road is um, in a completely different area. If you take, if you turn left by a Texaco station, in Petersfield, in uh, Hampshire, and follow that road down through Chilgrove. eventually it brings you out of Goodwood. And um, Goodwood, as far as I'm concerned, is the closest thing to heaven on earth.
0: Excellent. They are, um, that, that sounds like, well, I, I definitely know uh, one of those. I think two, I think I've been on that road from Worcester as well. Um, so, and yes, I like those. Thank you. Um, what has been the most pointless optional extra you've experienced? Oh, a contentious one, this
1: one. But I've I've thought about this. Um, to me, it's cruise control. I've had various cars Ooh. with cruise control on. Press cars. I've owned my own cars with cruise control on, and I never switch it on. I live in an area where it, it's superfluous. It's it, it's pointless, and and I and I like to drive. I like to. I, yeah, there's an element of me that likes to feel probably goes back to the autonomous cars like to feel in control like to you know to feel what the car's doing and i just don't like the idea of, of flicking a switch and taking away part of that element so i know it's not you know it's not it's not a quirky air freshener or a fire extinguisher that someone's put in there to be different it's just to me it just seems pointless
0: okay i from where you live um most of the roads you drive on on a regular basis i can i can see the sense in what you're saying there okay yeah I, just, I, I would not I, I, engage it
1: near where you live no, I, I I rarely switch it on I, I, I had a like, golf that I mentioned before that TSI had it and um, the Yeti's got it and I don't think I've ever flicked the switch to switch
0: it on okay that's well, the first time we've had that so that's uh, that's interesting so um, after the, after this uh, this episode who do you think I should talk to next uh, well I did notice
1: that um, predominantly male guests so far so I thought that'd be addressed. Lack of
0: effort. I am working on that, but I okay. yes, that has been noticed by me. So I, <laughs> there, there are lots of of, of um,
1: fantastic ladies that, that write about cars and, or work in the car industry. So journalists, for instance, you know Sue Baker, Sophie Williams, from Stother, um Danielle Bagnall. You know they'd all be great. Or maybe one of the maybe you see it from a different side. Maybe one of the PRs. Maybe if you get one of the PRs on, so like, you know, and you could ask them all. Well, you know, uh, is it a hassle dealing with people like me? <laughs> yes,
3: yes. Yeah.
1: Um, and, a, and a softer voice to listen to on a Saturday morning when you're you know, when you're typing up your articles as well.
0: So well, who Well, I know, I know. So you're not listening to me drone on. I mean, it is, it is helpful. It's certainly helpful. Um, it, yes, it is a fair Even comment. Since- uh, I mean, this is episode yeah. 17, and uh, we still haven't had a woman on the show. Um, but I will be working very hard at fixing that. And addressing that, I think it's—I think that's a great shout—and thank you for that.
1: Not at all. I mean, you know, there's some there's some fantastic um, female drivers. I mean, you, you know, you've got um, and then there's been a history of them as well. You know, it goes back to rallying. We're going to go right back to where we started. Mm-hmm. Michelle Moulton, you know, set set the record at Pike's Peak, and when and when she did it, everyone said, "Well, you know, this this is you. We can't have a a French woman in in a German car beating the Americans at their own game. And she said, said, well, if you don't believe me, I'll race you back down.
0: (laughs) Excellent quote. (laughs) Right. Well, thank you very much for being on. So what what would be the best way for people to um, follow what you do and uh, find out more?
1: Well, I'm on um, my own. I've got my own website, which is basically just a portfolio and my contact details. And that's liam-bird.com. My main outlet for venting frustration, if you like, and just general ranting and, and car-related nonsense is Twitter, and I'm at bird underscore liam on there. Okay. Um, I'm on Instagram, again, at uh, bird_liam, liam. And um, my articles, like I say, go out on, on Yorkshire, um, Love Shrewsbury, and The Bay Magazine.
0: Okay, well, we'll have links to um, the, the stuff you're involved in and your Instagram, your Twitter and your website so um, people can click through in the show notes and uh, find out more and um, give you a follow if they aren't already. Shame on you if you aren't. Um, and and, th- I, and I just want to uh, round this out by saying thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an absolute pleasure um, and I really appreciate you uh, giving up your time uh, on, the, on the Monday evening to uh, talk talk about writing and your car history and um, telling me off for not having any women on the show yet.
1: No, not at all, Andrew. Thank you very much. I mean, I could suggest that there's 101 people I'd gladly listen to, honestly. And thanks for everything. Thank you.
0: Thanks once again to Liam for coming on Rearview and chatting to me. I hope you found that as fascinating as I did. If you would like to suggest who you think we should talk to on this show, please do get in touch. If you use the hashtag RearviewPod, we'll be guaranteed to see it in Motoring Podcast Towers. To get in touch with me directly, search for Crack Windscreen on Twitter. And if you like to keep up to date with motoring news and opinions, go try out the sister show, which is the Motoring Podcast. As I do at this point every show, I would ask, beg, plead that you go and leave a rating and review, preferably on iTunes, because it helps to make the show more visible and helps other people who you think might enjoy it get a chance to spot it. So until next time, that was Liam Bird. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe
3: motoring.